Hey there, welcome to Football with Grant Wall. Thanks so much for joining me. Today's interview guest is Caroline Graham Hansen, who stars for recent UEFA Champions League winner Barcelona, as well as the Norwegian national team. We've had some great guests lately, including Matthew Hoppe, Santos Laguna owner Alejandro Irarigori, and Dwayne de Rosario. So check those out. Now, here's my interview with Caroline Graham Hansen. Our guest today recently won the UEFA Champions League title. Caroline Graham Hansen's Barcelona beat Chelsea 4-0 to claim the trophy. And the Norwegian national team star joins me now from Spain. Congratulations on the victory and thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me and thank you so much for for the introduction. (laughs) Yeah, sure thing. Um, You and your whole Barcelona team were absolutely amazing in the final. How would you describe the feeling you have now that in the world's biggest women's club game, your team played so well? Dream come true. Um, We we knew that we had good chances to to win the final. Uh, We were very confident going into it, uh, but uh, I think very few of us would uh, believe if somebody said before, the game that okay you will have a recap of Leo but you are winning now I think very few of us would would believe it 3-0 after 30 minutes and 4 after 35 so it was an amazing first half uh, and uh, I think everybody was just so ready to win it and <laughs> all the energy was put into goals and it was a fantastic feeling. Now, the history was interesting. You had played in Champions League finals before for Wolfsburg, but had lost to Lyon and Barcelona had played in the Champions League final before without you on the team and lost badly to Lyon. This Barcelona team, it seems like has taken the next step since you joined the team in 2019. Uh your team is perfect in 27 league games with a goal difference of 136 to five. Uh, what happened to get your team Barcelona to being clearly the best team in Europe? I think after the final, they, they sat down and the coaching staff also asked the players, like, what, what do we need to, to take the next step? Because obviously with the ball, people were good enough, uh, but physically we were not not quite there yet and the players were honest with themselves they say hey we need to be fitter uh we don't need to be <laughs> much bigger because we can change that but we need to be fit enough to to run against whoever we play against uh and move, move our feet faster and uh, just be be more competitive in, in this way because in the end i think that's where they felt they were um overruled by leo in in, in that game and the coaching staff had only been there for a couple of months because they changed coaches uh, half time of the season. Uh, and uh, so everything was pretty new and still raw in the sense of people were still motivated to do changes. So when I came in in the preseason, I have heard, heard one thing about how they were training and I was shocked to see that they did something completely different. But it turned out they changed uh, for a reason and for, for the better. And it was, it's just been a joy to be a part of it. Uh, I've developed so much uh, and the team has also developed so much uh, since, since uh, uh, 2019 summer. And uh, we're just going to keep developing too. And I think consistency is the key. Uh, we, we work hard every day, uh, step by step, we're improving. And uh, in the end, it's also so nice to see that you can get it all out physically, mentally, tactically technically in a final uh, like like that and 
it gives motivation i think for everyone to just keep keep improving keep keep working when when the, until the end of the season and when the next season starts eventually i want to say i love the way you play the way you Thank take you. <laughs> players on with the ball it's a lot of fun to watch how would you describe the way you like to play individually uh, for me i i love to have the ball i think everybody in this team love to have the ball uh, for me i love to dribble to put speed on 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 the on the dribbles on the actions in the action i have uh, and to take on people one with one is so much fun uh, it's uh, what i always did when i was a kid and to keep doing it in the most important game and just uh, go all in or don't do it at all mentality is just uh, making it a lot of fun and doesn't really matter if you make it or not then you do the next one next one and I think that's why it looks so not careless but maybe effortless in, in the way because the consequences is not in my head it's all about just enjoying it and trying to surpass your opponent I, I'm curious how did your attacking style develop when you were growing up in Norway? I had a good coach or many good coaches, actually. I was lucky. I was practicing with the boys uh, always. And I had coaches who always uh, encouraged me to, to try again. Uh, even though you lost the ball, it was like dribble again, try again, try again. Um, of course, in the sense of, uh, okay, you have to understand when to dribble, when to pass. But that was not my issue. It was like, just keep trying. Uh, don't make the kids lose their... Uh, eagerness to to improve or to to learn or and not be scared of failing. So I had good coaches in this way that they were encouraging the kids to to keep failing uh, in a positive way. And I think when you have this kind of mindset from from a young age and encouraging parents and coaches in this way, then uh, then it's easy to fail but like it and to improve a lot in, in this style of game for 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 my sake. What age were you when you turned professional and, and what led to you joining Wolfsburg when you did? Professional? I wasn't professional until I was 19. Before that, uh, I was uh, playing for free basically in my, my home club. It uh, wasn't that much money. I said uh, I used the money on other players because uh, I just wanted to win. So I was 15, 16 and could have a professional contract. I said no because then I knew that I could go to other countries for free whenever I wanted. I didn't have to have a problem with the club or negotiate a way out of it because I know we would play from winter to winter, not summer to summer, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Like it's the yeah. other way around. And then you would have to leave mid through a season if you want to go to a, a club outside Norway. And then it's easier if you are free to go. So... Um, I, for this reason and also for the reason that I, we, me and my dad knew that, okay, if I don't earn money, they can pick maybe one more good player for the team, which is good for me, good for the team, bigger possibility of winning the championships and develop more as a, as a player. So it was maybe uh, not so selfish, but in the end, it was a selfish thinking behind it. So I was living at home. I didn't need the money, so it was fine. Okay. And in what age were you when you got to Wolfsburg? Uh, I was 19. And, oh, that was uh, when? Okay. Yeah. 19 and uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a tough, tough start. Of course, different mentality, different way of training, more professional, uh, but a great experience overall. Uh, even though, of course, I had some injuries on the way, but sometimes that's a part of sports. You, you get injured, you try again, and then in the end you succeed, hopefully. And in my case, turned out good, so I'm happy. <laughs> 
So I remember at the 2019 World Cup, I was working for American television with your old Wolfsburg coach, assistant coach, Ari Hingst. And, and she was talking to me about you were leaving the club that summer to, to join Barcelona. And I'm wondering when you joined Barcelona two years ago, how did it, how did it feel different than when you were at Wolfsburg? Uh, it's a different uh, mentality or philosophy here in Spain. Like people are not uh, have the not they're not the same culture, obviously, which also affect the way of thinking football or uh, behaving as a coach on the field. Uh, the change suited me well. It was more free, less restrictions, less rules. Not that we didn't have any rules within the team, but it's more like uh, were you in Germany? almost get fired from the team if you came too late here it's more like okay haha you have to pay to the team and making jokes about it and then of course the player tried to not come late the next time but it's just a sense of not feeling like you killed someone because you came late versus okay uh you came late but don't do it again but funny uh now you have to pay a kind of way so this way of how you attack the the mistakes you do is also reflected on the field, like more encouraging to try again. Why in Germany it was more about finding who did did the mistake uh, and that makes people scared of doing mistakes or maybe trying to do the important uh, actions right in the right. Uh, so yeah, in this sense of way, it's been, uh, been a good change for me and also for... Uh, developing my game, enjoying football maybe a bit more in the sense of having more freedom on the field, uh, play uh, more playing way of thinking football here. We enjoy it. It's like all about the ball, enjoying the ball and this kind of uh, mentality. I think everybody has a picture of how Barcelona tiki-taka works. And yeah, I can say from experience that it fits the how it looks from the outside. It's all about playing and have fun. Let's take a quick break. This is the opening weekend of the Brazilian League with marquee games like Sao Paulo Fluminense and Flamengo Palmeiras. And you can stream all the games on Fanatis, live and on demand from your favorite device, whether it's a mobile phone, a tablet, or directly on your TV with the Fanatis app. Fanatis features channels you know, like BN Sports in English and Spanish, the Women's Soccer Channel, ATA Football, Gold TV, and many more. And it costs as little as $7.99 a month. If you'd like to try Fanatis for yourself, you can get a free week-long trial by clicking on the link in the episode description or by going to fntz.co slash grant fz. Thank you very much to Fanatis for sponsoring this episode. Fanatis, the world's largest stadium. You know, I feel like I can ask this question because I come from a country, the United States, that is not known for being a country that produces a lot of really creative soccer players. You know, we're thought of as, as more athletic and things like that. Um, and I, I, I would say Norway over the years has not always been thought of as the most creative soccer country in terms of the players that are produced. And I know stereotypes are not good, but like you do, you personally seem to be like your approach to playing the game, your creativity on the ball 
is probably more more people would think you're from Spain or South America or some or something. And I'm wondering when you were growing up in Norway, were you seen as different in in how you approached wanting to do things on the ball? For sure, uh, a lot of times I would. I was put on the bench in the youth national teams for not being good enough defensively. Um, I think that says it all about your uh, 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 prejudice. No, how do you say it? Like, uh, yeah, prejudice. uh, Can you use that word in this way? I think so. Yeah. About how you you look at um, Norwegian style of of producing footballers or culture of playing football. Um, We're more physical. We, We value the defensive part of the game's more than defensive and uh, yeah in the end uh, it was maybe not always my strong point either in the defensive but it's also not my type of style so for sure it's also maybe why it fits so good for me to play here in Barcelona. I enjoyed watching you play for Norway in the 2019 World Cup where your team beat Australia and and got to the quarterfinals. You know if you go back in history, Norway won the Women's World Cup in 1995 and the Olympic gold medal in 2000. Do you think it's possible for Norway to get back up to the very top? I think everything is possible. Uh, so, yes, uh, but it needs uh, consistency in the way the Federation work with uh, our youth programs, our youth players. And for many years now, I think the whole Norwegian football has been neglected. And we see now the last since they changed a lot, a lot the last five six years. You see now that uh, a lot of young good players are coming up on the men's side, on the women's side are that are a bit different based because of these changes they have done in the youth development. And I think we will just see more of it in the future. And but yeah, a lot of other countries do the same, and the the development is moving fast in women's uh, in the women's game. So. Let's see. I do believe it's possible, but if it happens in five years or in 20 years, who knows? Maybe never. But I do believe everything is possible. So my answer is yes. <laughs> I mean, we've, we've had Ada Hegerberg on this podcast as a guest before. Uh, really appreciate how she plays the game. I, do you think she'll ever return to the national team? It's hard to say. Uh, this, uh, this conflict is... Uh, a lot of emotion uh, involved, and uh, of course, with the with the years passing, it gets less and less, and people are moving more and more on. So, of course, maybe it's easier for her to come back now than it was for 2017 when she left. Uh, but uh, in the end, it's up to her, I think, uh, and um, the, she has to figure it out with the with the uh, people she feel neglected by, and. Uh, Let's see what happens. The United States women have won the last two World Cups, but the teams with Americans on them in Europe, the clubs like Manchester City, they didn't win Champions League this season. And your team beat Manchester City in the Champions League. So I'm wondering if, if like maybe the gap is, is closing. At what point do you think the rest of the world in women's soccer will catch up to the United States? I think it's, like you say, it's closing up. Um, like you said initially, that the American way of sport is very athletic. You're very good at, uh, at, at uh, athletics in, in general. And 
in football, I think that's why the, the women's have been so, so good. They're so physically prepared. Uh, they're also good with the ball, of course, but when you are so much better physically, it's hard to play against. Uh, and uh, yeah, I like you see with us, we improved so much physically that when this is at the same level, you can you have to do more tactics. You have to use the ball in a different way to, to get that use of your at- athleticism um, to, to win the game. And uh, I think that was a good proof of it against um, all the teams we played this year. This Gita also this season, so, so much good players with a lot of good physiques. But in the end, if you, if you don't have the ball or you don't use the ball in the right way, it doesn't matter. Uh, while I think it matters a lot more before in the women's game. I heard a good interview that you did on a podcast with my friends Marcus Fjortoft and Kieran McKenna, who played at Duke University, and they play professionally now in Europe. And you told them that you like to try to write every day in a journal or something. What are the things that you write about? how my day is going kind of, but nothing like I did this and this and this is more like uh, uh, to reflect on situations or uh, in training or in life where I didn't cope as well as I would want to, to improve my way of handling uh, things that I can't control. So I write down, okay, today this happened and it went good because or it didn't went good because. So it's more about reflecting a bit over it and then try to imply the strategies that I have to improve it. Uh, and then you, uh, when you write it down, it's easier to see if it worked or not. So it's also a nice way to, to, to improve your mental, uh, mental strength uh, for yeah. when you play the biggest games or to enjoy life or football in general more. Is it something where like you wrote on the day of the Champions League final anything or afterward? No, neither on the day or after, but I wrote in the days before uh, to to just remind myself what I have to do um, and everything that you feel. If it's a bit nervous, it's good. It's normal. Uh, and uh, in this way, also to calm yourself down anything it's a bit like when you're nervous you get maybe a bit paralyzed some people do but the nerves are good and to just remember that anything um, less than trying your best is the is a worse option so it's better to go out there and fuck up than go out there and not try so kind of this mentality and uh, for me that makes me calm and just okay the nerves are good and let's go so it's it's this is one way of using the words and writing to to make it make it better for yourself maybe someday you write a a, a book a memoir about your career and this will help you if you still save those things <laughs> yeah for sure no i will save them for sure let's see if i ever write a book i will <laughs> for sure use them nice so it was just announced this week that barcelona is coming to portland here in the united states in august for a four-team tournament with Lyon and Portland and Houston. I can tell you right now, the stadium atmosphere is going to be great in Portland because they fill up the stadium for both their women's team and their men's team, and it gets really loud. Um, I know there's not a FIFA Women's Club World Cup yet. So how much do you look forward to a tournament like this one in August? Uh, yeah, like you say, it's no uh, World Cup. Uh 
I don't think this is a World Cup either. Um, for us, it's a good uh, good thing to play against good teams in the preparation. Um, and it's cool to have a fantastic atmosphere around the games. Um, so let's see how, it, how it's going to go. Um, it's uh, definitely going to be interesting. And, uh, and hopefully it's going to be a, a, a good one for us. So... Let's, let's see how it goes. We're winding down here with Champions League winner Caroline Graham Hansen. Really appreciate you taking this much time. Uh, Lyon had won five straight Champions Leagues on the women's side before this season. Do you think Barcelona has the chance to become the new Lyon? Uh, yeah, I've got this question actually uh, once more today. And um, I think what Lyon has done has been incredible and amazing. And I don't think any team should... Uh, expect to do the same because we expected to do the same because it's uh, just out of another world but like I said before anything is possible and um, we're, we want to win the Champions League again and going to work for it but if this is then going to end up in being five in a row who, who knows but uh, I still think Leo is going to be the team to beat for many ones in the next seasons as well because of those five in a row they, they have a big respect and a huge uh, huge team still because of this um so uh yeah let's see what happens uh, and uh we will keep working and let's see if we can uh, uh, redo our our good performance this year in the next season's champions league as well caroline graham hansen is a new champions league winner with fc barcelona congratulations again and thanks so much for coming on the show thank you so much for your time it was a pleasure Thanks for listening to Football with Grant Wall. I'd like to thank Caroline Graham Hansen as well as producer Chris Whittingham. If you like the podcast, you could do me a huge favor and hit that subscribe button and provide a rating and a review. I'm back soon with another interview of someone from the soccer world. Be safe, everyone. See you next time.